Hi, you are listening to the Parkway Podcast. The difference makers for me was looking at our congregation and wanting them to know that there's a battle. There's an atmospheric battle taking place in our region, in our nation, in our world. That if your attention, when you study and look at the horizon of the end times living out in front of you, if your attention is on anything but Jesus and the revival that's about to happen and joy that can be part of your life, you're probably giving too much credit and focus to the things that the enemy's doing and not enough things that God is doing. Hi, I'm Carissa, and I'm the Communications Director here at Parkway. I am excited to be kicking off our first sermon series recap. We have just completed the sermon series, Difference Makers. If you haven't listened to all four topics in this series, you can find them online. All of the episodes will be at parkwaycc.com sermons, or on our YouTube channel at Parkway Christian Center, or on the podcast. I am here today with Pastor Jay, our lead pastor, and Pastor Kylie, one of our youth pastors here at Parkway. Are you guys Round ex- of applause. Yeah. Are you guys excited to be finally doing this? It reminds me of the progressive commercial with Mayhem. Is that the right one? State Farm Progressive. Oh, he gets like, hit by stuff. And he does this thing where he causes a wreck and he says, this is going to get tens and tens of views. So we're doing this literally for the one or two people that actually have the audacity to hit play. Yep. I I don't know. I think it's going to get more. There you go. You think so? Yeah. I'm a podcasty. I love listening to podcasts. So Justin and I will listen to it. That's two. All right. There you go. Already done. <laughs> Three, four. There you go. <laughs> family it. and friends. If family and friends can't tune into a podcast. Um, Your mom. Oh, also My I mom listen. will be five. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, mom. Yeah. They, on a lot of podcasts, they say, like, share this with somebody <laughs> random. And last one I listened to, share it with your neighbor's dog. So, love it. There you go. Our Balance hope for- in doing this is oftentimes um, there's not context for sermons or series and the conversations that happen after sermon series with staff members and, and people. Um, we have some really positive conversations on why did you say that or did you say that or did you mean that when you said that? And this hope is to sort of answer some of those questions and really expand the table and conversation mm-hmm. to go beyond 30 minutes, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, yeah. 45 minutes, depending on how long I speak that Sunday. <laughs> this will be shorter than a sermon, though. Let's hope. I mean, we're going to cut it down to 20 minutes, right? So, okay, how about we just get into it? <laughs> like, okay, let's we're going to dive in so you don't go off on a trail. So this series, Pastor Jay, has been all about difference maker, specifically the presence of God, the word of God, the know-how to win, and the power of if moments. So can you go ahead and give us a brief recap, in case somebody hasn't been listening, um, of this series, and what does Difference Makers mean to you and on the four different Difference Makers? Yeah, so if you forget the sermons after you preach or after I preach them to you guys... You mean you've already forgotten your own sermons? I've already forgotten some, <laughs> so let me try to walk this through. Um, the, the idea behind the tangible presence of God and the properly applied word of God uh, comes from this concept in scripture where it's the convergence of the two that is really the place of revival. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that lean one way or the other, but there's actually a proper tension between the two. Mm -hmm. That if all you're doing is chasing the presence and spirit of God, um, the tension of the word of God is gonna bring you back to center and then vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so this idea that people need to know that it's not just one or the other, 
that there's got to be a um, an equal grounding. It's almost like having the idea that you only have one one leg that you're only going to stand on. Or oftentimes when we it, we think about it like in the way of like if you're going to go train in the weight room, the idea of only working out your right arm and not your left arm, you would be you would look funny. You'd be really strong on one side, really weak on the other. Um, so that was really the idea of of trying to put into words what the uh, convergence point is really about in revival and how important it is for people to hunger after the presence of God, not just individually but corporately, which I think has been hard as church has really shrunk down to an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes, hour and 30 minutes. We've been stretching a little bit, um, but just our attention spans growing up. So that was the idea for the first two. And then the third one is really understanding the know how to win. We talked about the uh, scoreboard of life, the home team, the away team, and that the time's running out and that we have an enemy and that enemy has tried to set up in the atmosphere of our lives. Um, and then the power of if moments, what are you gonna do when the enemies come and set in? What are you gonna really live your life by? Um, and so that was sort of the idea and oftentimes it morphs uh, even when you're in the middle of preaching, which is weird sometimes when the Holy Spirit drops something new and the people upstairs are getting mad at you because you're not following your notes. Nope. Not, they're not getting mad, but it's just, there's a lot to, that goes into that. So that's how I would recap the four. Hopefully I did a, Hopefully I did an okay yeah. job. Excellent. You took four sermons and made it short. Good job. <laughs> that was really good. That's yeah. a pastoral award there somewhere, I think. That's right. That's right. So, but for Pastor Kylie, what has been your biggest aha moment, takeaway thing you've applied to your life from this series? So, side note, I don't know if you remember this. In your sermon, you literally said, oh, someone might be listening to this later. It might, like, touch their life. And in so many of them, there was, like, moments mm -hmm. that even listening back, I've listened to them like a couple times, listening back today, that God was able to like move in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like in the first one of just being reminded of letting the Holy Spirit move again mm -hmm. and not compartmentalizing, compartmentalizing, is that the word? There we go. Yep. God into these different areas, but letting him, like letting the Holy Spirit move in our lives and not just having salvation from Jesus and God like ministered to me, but letting the Holy Spirit into those moments. So it was really mm -hmm. good to just be reminded of. But, and then in one of the messages, I think it was the second week, when you allowed just a moment with the Holy Spirit moving and having Leanna share her story, mm -hmm. so powerful. And such a good reminder of like, as she was talking, like we don't need to know how to do it all. <laughs> right. like, she was, was honest in that. Like, I don't know. And the first time someone spoke in tongues, I didn't know it was kind of weird. I don't know. I'm right. learning this. It was such a beautiful moment to be reminded. We don't know. We don't know all the things God's going to do or has, you know what I mean? All the things he is like, his every attribute of him. But in that, that's kind of like the beauty in it. But mm -hmm. uh, but by far, like the moment that was like aha moment for me was in the third week when you started talking about like basically pro the prophetic over our valley and talking about where we are as a valley, how the enemies come in and destroy family units and created disunity. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, I felt like I actually paused, paused my video and just let the Holy Spirit speak to me in that and started praying. And I really believe by like recognizing mm -hmm. what our valley struggles with and coming into like the gifts that God has for us in that, like that third week 
really did make like a difference of like, okay, it's time. Like our valley, it's time to mm-hmm. move. It's time for God to restore families. It's time for him to restore relationship and see unity in the valley and see freedom in that. It was just really, really cool reminder. So, yeah. so many aha moments, but that last one was The beautiful huge. part of that is it starts to segue now where we know the fight, but then how do we actually win the fight? Yeah. I was praying and just as I always do, watch my sermons back on Mondays, which are tough, listening to your own voice. Uh, via recording is always tough and then like listening to things that you meant to say and then how they actually came out and wishing you would have worded them differently but part of your own leadership growth it's an important thing to be able to go back and do that but I was replaying on okay how would you teach people how to actually win the fight that they're in and recognizing in 2nd Corinthians when it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds over our life and almost recognizing that we have to teach people that God has given us weapons. And in those weapons to actually pull down and take captive every thought that the enemy wants to bring in and place it underneath the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our life. I read something this last week where it says, um, when you ask Jesus into your life, you better make sure, you better know that He's not. you're not asking him to be part of your life you're actually giving him the opportunity to take over your life. Mm, And so there's a lot of Christians today that think, well, Jesus is going to be in the passenger seat of my life. Mm. No, when Jesus comes into our life, it's not, it's not a partnership. It's a, it's a takeover. Mm. And that whole idea is even conceptually weird to American Christians. Mm. And so the hope is, is that we can get to a place to where we can actually have the properly applied word of God and the tangible presence of God coexisting in our life together uh, as they do in scripture and throughout life. Um, and that's one of the things that I've been uh, ultimately aware of that I've been now lead pastoring for a year and a half is I don't want it to even look like what I want it to look like. Church or life or structure. I don't want to uh, make the same kinds of, of, I don't want to call them mistakes, but you know, same kind of misadjustments that maybe previous generations have done that says God has to move like that. Mm-hmm. I just want him to move. Yeah. And I want to be part of whatever he's doing. So it's beautiful, beautiful what God's doing. Yeah. Well, speaking of taking power captive of your mind, that's been one of my big aha moments from your series. You talked about the word of God and you gave kind of things, you gave details on things that practical things that you could do. And one of them was memorization. Mm -hmm. And I've always told myself, I don't have the ability to memorize scripture. I'm too old or it's too hard or whatnot. And so I became pretty convicted on that and I got an accountability partner. And so we started memorizing scripture. And our very first one was in Colossians about just abounding in Thanksgiving because it was Thanksgiving week and we thought it was appropriate. Well, I was preparing the meal and I was just going through the verse and in my mind. And it was a heavy day because you know, I've had two losses in my family. My, I have a brother-in-law who died, and so we were gonna have an empty seat at the table that Thanksgiving was the first one, so it was kind of heavy. My grandmother had just passed away the day before, mm-hmm. and so it was just heavy. And so as I was processing, just practicing my memory verse and doing it, I saw a spirit within my mind just be lifted, and mm-hmm. you know, like my, my posture and my heart, and it just reminded me, because then you spoke on atmosphere after that had happened, and I was like, that's exactly what I was able to accomplish. I was able to change the atmosphere just within my mind and how I was choosing to process that moment and still experience hope and joy at Thanksgiving and not be so bogged down into the sadness of, Hmm. you know, the experience, so. But in that, you have mentioned here in the office, we were talking about memorization of scripture, and you've talked about 
two sides of it, the scripture memorization and the ideas of scripture storing. So can you expand on that? Yeah, I would actually be curious to see what everyone thinks. Um, I grew up in a church culture that was very heavy on scripture memorization, mm -hmm. where it's like that's a thing that you did. I remember listening to my dad as a young guy, and he would, um, I mean, King James Version, thou and thus can give you the scripture and the verse, and he had been steeped in scripture for 30 and 40 years. And to have that kind of model in front of you was pretty powerful. Um, but it was also intimidating because you also, in their strength, realized that you had a weakness. Mm -hmm. And so it was always glaring in the church that I grew up in about how many people um, had studied for decades and decades and decades and how much I didn't know. And then again, that was part of the enemy creating an atmosphere of you're less in and you're not good enough and you're never going to amount to the things that they've amounted to or previous generations mm -hmm. from. And learning how to cast those things down, that just because there's a generation that's above you that has told you that there's more doesn't mean that you're less. Mm -hmm. And then the church world, in my observation, went from really heavy in scripture memorization to scripture storing. Uh, recognizing that our mind, our natural mind, only has so much capacity to actually memorize and actually learn scripture, uh, so many scriptures and have them. And I think there's a reason why the Bible talks about storing scripture in your heart, mm. hiding it in the core person that you are. And so even the difference of knowing that you might not be able to memorize chapters and chapters and scriptures, but I do think you'll, you can actually do more than you think. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to apply yourself. But I would even start with just understanding that scripture, storing it in your heart is, should be a goal uh, to start with. Um, you're not going to, you know, you're not where you're going to be at in 20 or 30 years, but start storing the principles and lessons and then allowing the Holy Spirit to do what he does in your life, which is bring those scriptures into remembrance when you need them. Mm -hmm. There's many times that I'll be preaching, communicating, having conversations like this, and the Holy Spirit will just remind me a scripture mm -hmm. that I didn't even have in my purview and bring it up and go, oh, that was in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was stuck down deep in there and I didn't even realize it. And so just not to get so down on yourself to when you're beginning to fight the battle correctly, allow the enemy to come and say, well, you don't even know the word, so how can you hide the word in your heart? And that, those are the kinds of thoughts that you got to, that we have to take captive as Christians mm -hmm. and no matter where you're at. And I'm not where my dad was. If you were to ask me as a first time lead pastor, where I'm at at level 41, age 41, I can tell you pretty much what books of the Bible are about, what chapters of the Bible are about. I'm not there yet where I can actually recite off memory, um, you know, Romans chapter 1 all the way through. I could tell you what the first half of Romans chapter 1 says mm -hmm. in a summation. I could tell you what the second half of Romans chapter 1 says. But no matter where you're at on that, on that pendulum, don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that, um, you're never going to be that person that, that you are destined to be. Mm -hmm. But just start. And then recognize that we all learn differently. Mm -hmm. Some of us are visual learners. You were talking to me about the, uh, the person that you found that um, would sing. The... Yeah, we sing we're, we're learning memorization through singing of the scripture. There's oh, a yeah. person on Instagram. Mm -hmm. She sings the scripture. And yeah. that's how, how we're storing it because we both recognize we needed that extra tool. Yeah. But I love what you're saying about that storing because that was my accountability buddy as we like to call ourselves. Isn't that a cool word? I love it. I use it all the time. Um, you may use it too. Feel free. I probably won't. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks. I just feel bad about myself. Um, but we had decided is that it wasn't going to be about um, compounding our scriptures. Like we weren't going to go, 
uh, we're going to get new scriptures every week, but we're not going to sit here and try to memorize every, like recite everything we've learned up to date and then add a new one and then recite everything up to date. And then it, it was just every week we're going to store up a new one. We're just going to practice it. And if we get it, we get it. If we don't, we don't a new one the next week and just trust the Holy Spirit in us to right. bring it up when it needs to. Yep. Um, and expound on that, like practically, I think it can be hard in seasons. Like there's seasons where it's easier to sit down and memorize and look at something. And there's seasons where you're just sprinting all the time. Mm-hmm. And I like in a season where I can't sit down and always open and memorize something before a little hand comes and grabs and rips the page away right. from me. Uh, but something that's been really powerful is I just nonstop have scripture playing. Yeah. Like if there's not really like blank space of time in my house. And even sometimes I'm walking in and out you would not believe how much gets let in. Because even if, like, okay, you have a whole hour of your scripture playing, and let's say five minutes of it, you, like, actually, like, really are hearing the words. Mm -hmm. Five minutes of actually hearing the scripture playing is better than to be, I'm I'm out of this. I can't memorize because I just don't have the time. So, like, that's a huge encouragement to hear it's changing you, but also, like, just anything, anything of having, like, letting the scripture into your life and hearing it. And even if you have to play Romans chapter 1 eight times, yep. and you're like, I think I know three words of it. Hey, you got right. three yeah. words of it. But, Being intentional yeah. about it. And also, um, instead of trying to be a, a soldier on the front lines, trying to dissect every word of every scripture when you start, be like almost like a um, a fighter pilot or a bomber pilot that takes a 30,000 foot view mm-hmm. and actually just reads the scripture in a narrative form so that you can actually know what the story is happening. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think in the in the age really where we have so many podcasts and so many social media people and you know just so many great resources we oftentimes get encouraged by what people have found in scripture and then also discouraged by the fact that we can't find those things in scripture. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like watching someone else's highlights um, and then looking at your life and trying to compare it. Don't do that. Just start with a narrative of scripture. Just read through the New Testament. And uh, if you really were just to sit down and read the New Testament, you can do it probably in a couple weeks. I have a pastor friend of mine that actually reads through the Bible every 90 days. And he doesn't like get a highlighter out and try to journal through. He just, he just listens and reads and tries to get the narrative and scripture in him. Mm-hmm. And he said that's been amazing for him how, like even when he's preaching or preparing, that the Lord will, um, uh, like like the, the town of Laodicea in, in Revelations, um, I have this against you because neither you're hot nor warm, you know, I'll spit you out of my mouth. That Laodicea is mentioned several times in the New Testament. And if you just read the narrative over again, you'll go, oh, I've read that somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of sparks a rabbit trail to go down. And, mm-hmm. and oh, there, there, there are things that are connected. And it's all from Genesis to Revelations. It's all connected and facing towards Jesus. Can so. I ask him a question? Actually. Okay, so you're going to get started reading a narrative. Where do you start? Like, what's... If I was a new believer, yeah. I would... Um, I would start in the in the Gospels, yeah, and I would just go, um, you know, Matthew to Revelation. I don't think that there's a wrong answer. The Word of God is the Word of God. I think you will yeah. get confused understanding not under having proper understanding of covenants or testaments. If you start in the Old Testament, you get to Leviticus, and there's a scripture that talks about if your kid back talks you, you know, they're stoned to death, and then you start wondering why don't we why why aren't we practicing that today? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> um, you might have some questions and confusion. Um, it's really what makes a, the Bible such a powerful thing. You know, the Bible, 
um, is not just a, a trust me document. It's a um, I'll prove it to you document. There's Bible prophecy in there. There's uh, you know the the prophecies that um, have happened for Christ's first coming or all of them aren't fulfilled because um, there's prophecies that are concerning Christ's second coming and you know the mountain peaks of prophecy and, and just the wonderful things that are found in scripture but you do need to have some kind of baseline of narrative yeah. and that's why I think if I could encourage anybody to start it would be Matthew through Revelation and uh, just read the narrative and then you know you start getting into eschatology and which is a you know, study of end times Bible prophecy um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to handle. But if you start with just a narrative of Scripture, and then there's a lot of great Bible teachers throughout the ages that have done a really good job. And, and again, this is me just self-admitting for all the critics that are out there for this first time lead pastor, I know that I am not where I'm going to be. And there's times when I preach that, um, I don't know if you guys have ever looked back on this, but you look back on your first journals that you wrote when you were first Christians. Mm or your first sermons that you preached when you were first and you look back on <laughs> and it is so embarrassing because you're like, I actually said that out loud. I think the worst part is, is that right now I look back and I'm like, I know that about myself as I'm speaking, but you know what, God's got it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. But you know, also to be humble, I think one of the hardest things, um, I think no, one of the tragic things that you see in leaders as they get older is they become, you know, more dogged and thinking that they've got all the answers and all just to, but, but to remain teachable and to remain humble and many times people will not many times sometimes people will come up to me after a service and say hey you said this wrong or you misspoke this and you just if you just humbly just say you know I'm I'm a human uh, you should verify everything that I say <laughs> you know if, if you're taking everything that I say at face value you're doing it wrong and that we're all just walking this life, thing called life out and we're trying to serve God uh, to the best of our ability and our callings and our giftings and the same amount of grace that you desire in your life, would you extend that same grace to me? That doesn't mean that you give me a pass. That doesn't mean that, that I don't get held accountable. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't repent and, and, and correct the errors. Because mm -hmm. I think proper doctrine, again, the properly applied word of God mm -hmm. is what uh, withstands the attacks of the enemy in our life. So the properly applied um, doctrine and, and position of scripture is important, especially in today's age. You know where everyone's taking different kinds of stands, but I would start. I would start Matthew through Revelations, and then I would encourage you. Um, I know this is going to sound anti-technology uh, or anti-what's happening in today, but don't just get fed by a podcast or a, or a pastor or a preacher that you that you see on YouTube. Um, they do have value, and God does use them for sure. Um, that's happened in my life where it's you know someone a preacher that I heard sparked something in me that really helped. Uh, apply the, the word of God properly to my life, but to get involved in a local church, in a local body, um, with someone that's just a few steps ahead of you in your journey, uh, that is safe and trusted and trust the Holy Spirit in your life uh, with what people are saying and what they're, what they're talking about. And then if it doesn't get, if, it, if what they're talking about you don't see in the word of God, run from that group, but make sure you find a trusted place to actually study scripture with. And whatever local church that is, that's what I would, that's what I would suggest. Yeah. So speaking of your abilities, um, my last question for you would be to dig into your process of sermon prep. I think it'd be pretty interesting. Um, so, but what does it look like for you to dig into the Word and to come up with these concepts and getting in the presence of the Lord while you're doing that? Every pastor that has been a pastor for more than 10 or 20 years is probably going to listen to my process and go, that kid's got a lot to learn. <laughs> and I will readily admit that I've got a lot to learn 
Um, but to be confident in the voice that the Lord um, has in your life, that still small voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, my childhood pastor would say, if you, if you cannot hear the voice of God um, as a Christian in ministry, you're not going to be worth very much. And another pastor said, if you want to hear the voice of God, just read the Bible out loud. And I agree with that too. But I also don't just believe in the logos, the written word of God. I also believe in the rhema word of God, the now word of God that comes where he speaks. You know, I can remember, um, I can remember my son up in the hospital room and uh, the, the prognosis wasn't good. And I can remember hearing that still small voice of the Holy Spirit say, son, I've got this. Mm-hmm. And it became an anchor of a promise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can trust. And, and learning how to turn out and tune out all the noise that you find in the world today, mm-hmm. as I talked about in, I think, the message uh, number four, and setting the atmosphere of your life mm-hmm. to where it can actually not just tune these outer dishes, um, but the inner ear of our life to the voice of the Lord is so important. Um, but the process for me is, is, you know, getting in your word studying and not just for me it's not just studying for a sermon it's it's studying because I want to spend time with him he's a good friend and the Holy Spirit in my life is is his number one job is not to for me is not to give me dirt on another Christian mm-hmm. so that I can preach about another Christian's dirt it's Lord would you help me see the deficiencies in my own life so a lot of the things that I end up processing in sermons are things that I've I'm actively living through with people that I'm living with. And so if you were to purview outside of Parkway and listen to some of our sermons, they might not apply to you. And I think that's probably one of the things that people need to take, you know, most care of is you can take a lot of things out of context because in every church local body, there's a narrative that God's speaking. And on Sunday mornings, you get to like view in other people's church and you get to see what God's speaking in that congregation and if you're not careful, you don't know the context by which God is speaking from previous Sundays to leadership mm-hmm. meetings and prayer meetings during out the week and staffs. And uh, you can take things, can take things out of context. Mm-hmm. But the process for me, man, is, you know, opening the word. There's a wonderful, a lot of wonderful Bible commentaries. Uh, Logos is a great Bible software that you can invest you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars in. That, uh, what took uh, people, this is pros and cons, what took past Bible students months and years to dig through out of uh, hard, you know, hardback books with logo software, or modern day software we can find in 20 or 30 minutes by just mm-hmm. clicking and scrolling and, you know, hovering over and seeing the original Hebrew or Greek word and hearing it pronounced. And, and the pros of that is that you can access a lot of whole, a whole lot of more information. The negative is, is that you don't let yourself steep. So as old timers would study, they would have all the books out on their table and it would take them six hours to study. Mm-hmm. But the whole time the Holy Spirit's downloading things to them and there was a lot of space because there had to be a lot of space for, for the Holy Spirit to, to move through what the, the technology was. Nowadays you can access so much information and you can write a really good sermon in two and a half to three hours, um, but you haven't let um, the Holy Spirit breathe in, in your preparation. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm, I'm trying to uh, put into practice is, is not just uh, making sure that I've prepared a good sermon, but is, is the anointing of what God is wanting to do in, in the body that you're currently serving in, mm-hmm. is it for them for that moment? Right. The Word of God never returns void, so if you bring something to the pulpit that is not really 
you know, applicable for that day, God will bring it in remembrance and it'll be a beautiful thing because it never returns void. But there is that right word for that right moment at that right time yeah. where God begins to affect hearts and lives. So the difference makers for me was looking at our congregation and wanting them to know that there's a battle. There's an atmospheric battle taking place in our region, in our nation, in our world. We're seeing Bible prophecy lived out in front of us. Nation rising up against nation, famines, pestilences, diseases, um, the preparing of a way for the Antichrist. There's now many Antichrists all over this world. Um, you look at what's happening in Jerusalem and, and Israel and uh, the rise of, of what's happening in our nation of anti-Zionists and and. You never would have thought 20 years ago that we would be living in this climate. I mean, people that have studied the Word of God are looking around going, this is like what the Bible has predicted. Mm -hmm. And then trying to tell our local body that if your attention, think about this one, if your attention as a Christian, when you study and look at the horizon of the end times living out in front of you, if your attention is on anything but Jesus and the revival that's about to happen and joy that can be part of your life, you're probably giving too much credit and focus to the things that the enemy's doing mm -hmm. and not enough things that God is doing. And so if your in-time Bible study is, is causes you to get to a place of fear, that's not of God. If your in-time Bible study gets you to a place of faith, then you're doing what God's called you to do. Mm -hmm. Because right now we should be smiling as the church. Persecution's coming. Um, and how do we smile through persecution? Uh, because we're Christians and we choose joy. Um, there are tests and trials that are going to come, but alongside of those things, uh, when the things mount up against the body of Christ, if you've studied any kind of history, that's when revival breaks out. And uh, the Lord's really been speaking to our local congregation that, that, that revival's not coming, revival's here. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would say, the difference maker that is the Word of God in our life and the tangible presence of God. Um, as long as Americans have money to go on vacation and pay their mortgages and go to their doctors and um, go to their schools and you know do the the sports and the band and all of the other stuff um, we can't we'll be bothered by God but he'll never be the the takeover person in our life mm -hmm. and I believe that sometimes in in generations God allows things to hit the atmosphere um, so people can have a startling wake-up moment mm -hmm. I watched this when I was a first-time youth pastor during 9-11 churches were full yeah. I mean the places were packed after 9-11 and we're getting to a place to where um, human reason and intellect are going to let a lot of people down. Um, and they're going to have to turn somewhere to something. And so the difference maker in your life, if you actually stayed and listened to all of this, the tens and tens of yous, um, the difference maker is the presence of God in our life, the tangible presence of God, the properly applied word of God, knowing that we have a home team, knowing that we have an opponent, knowing that the time is short, and knowing that God has a great um, purpose for our life, especially those of us that are here in Grants Pass, uh, a ministry to the nations. That's what God's called us to be. So That's good. That's good. I love it. Well, thank you so much, you two, for being here and doing this. I think this is amazing. And just a reminder, if you missed any of those episodes, you'll find them online at parkwaycc.com sermons or on our YouTube channel at Parkway Christian Center. Thanks so much. Love you guys. Have a good week.